I think early on in your career, um, the best thing to do is, you know, use the wide angle lens and look at all kinds of different things. Hello and welcome to Just Questions, where I talk to researchers and students about their research questions and how they ask them. And this episode we have... I'm Neil Tatsui. I'm a professor at UC Berkeley. I study behavior of ants mainly, but we use genetic tools, uh, chemical tools, field work and lab work to answer questions about behavior. And what kind of questions do you ask? We're interested in um, really why ants do all the crazy interesting behaviors that they do. Um, and so we're interested in why they do that from an evolutionary perspective, so how behaviors evolved to be displayed the way they are. And we're also interested in it from a mechanistic perspective. So what are the specific signals they use to communicate different things or to recognize different things? And um, how do they use their nervous system to perceive those signals? Could you explain more about the kind of methods that you use to answer these questions? Sure. So for our genetic approaches to questions, we uh, use sometimes whole genome sequencing, and we look at gene sequences to infer rates uh, of evolution and look for signals of natural selection. We also do population genetics, so we can look at how closely related individuals are within colonies, how similar different colonies are to each other, or what populations look like across larger landscapes. We do a little bit of phylogenetics to look at deeper evolutionary times and evolutionary relationship. Um, and so that's the genetics side of things. And then we also have a big portion of our research which is based on chemical ecology, so how insects produce and perceive chemical signals. And so we do things like extract chemicals from the bodies of ants and analyze them on a gas chromatograph coupled with a mass spectrometer. And that allows us to create visualizations of the chemical signatures of different types of insects and compare those among individuals. Let's talk about questions. Mm -hmm. I want to know what was your first research question? My first research question? Uh, well, the first thing I ever wanted to be when I was six or seven years old was an entomologist. Mm -hmm. And so I think my research questions back then were, you know, will these ants fight if I put them in a jar together? And some of my research that I do now is very similar to that. So some of my research questions haven't changed so much. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, as time has gone on, I've gone, you know, between when I was six years old and now, I've done lots of different things besides entomology or using insects as model systems. And so I was actually a marine biology major when I was an undergraduate. And so I did some research um, in marine systems. And so I had some research um, questions there that were based on ecology, others that were more um, in the realm of cell biology. I worked in biotech for a year, and so I did a lot of biochemistry there. And then when I went to graduate school, my research questions were uh, oriented around molecular biology and biochemistry and cell biology because that's what I got admitted to grad graduate school for. And only later did I move back into the world of insects. And uh, what do you think makes a good research question to ask? Uh, something that you're curious about, I think. I mean, that's where we always start, is we see an interesting behavior or an interesting phenomena, and we wonder why is that happening or how is that happening? And once you start sort of pulling on one of those little strings, that first question, it leads you down a path to you know many, many, many other questions. And so it's not hard to find new research questions. You just have to look around, and the world is full of unanswered questions. Is that how you get most of your ideas from? I think, uh... I think that's partly, I mean, that's part of where I get a lot of my ideas is just sort of the odd things that I see in the world, but also I'm inspired by questions that other people have asked. You know, there's a huge number of very smart, very creative people in evolutionary biology generally and who use ants as model systems in particular. 
many of those people here on Ant Course. And so many of the questions they ask have inspired me to think sort of laterally, like, oh, well, what about looking at that in a slightly different system or a slightly different context or using this new method to a completely different question that I'm interested in? And so keeping an open mind and open eyes to things that are around you, even if they seem like they're unrelated to what your primary research interest is, um, is a good source of new ideas and new approaches. So of all the research that you've done, do you have any favorite idea? When I first started working on Argentine ants, you know, I was supposed to be working on a completely different project for my dissertation. I started working on Argentine ants just as almost an accident. Um, and then when I started looking at the genetic data from these ants in their introduced range, they were just really bizarre because they're super genetically homogeneous. They form these really huge super colonies. And then comparing those to Argentine ants in their native range, uh, revealed a striking difference in terms of both genetics and behavior and social organization. So that was a special moment. Uh, that was early in my career. I was collaborating with great people, Andy Suarez and David Holway on that. Uh, that's a favorite of mine because it was one of the first tastes of real excitement at my you know, own discovery as well as you know, working really in close collaboration with some great people. More recently, um, I've become interested in um, you know, how social parasites can, you know, crack the chemical code that ants use to seal off their colonies from others. And I think there's, there are all kinds of interesting things that that system can be used for. Everything from very large, big picture evolutionary questions, like how do species form, down to very small detail-oriented things, like how is a particular pheromone biosynthesized in the body of an ant. And I think that's true for most model systems. You can, um, you, you can take them and you can look at very big things, very small things. You can look at interactions among different organisms. And so it's really a sort of up to the individual's own personality to decide where they want to go with their own model system. Uh, so my final question, do you have any general advice to students that might be starting with their research? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the best thing to do is to search broadly, to read lots of different things, to go to conferences and look at lots of, you know, watch lots of different presentations, to talk to lots of different people. And, you know, at the beginning of your career, you're really sort of filling out your knowledge base and filling out your sort of idea base. And at some point later on, you know, you'll start to focus in on particular things that you're interested in. But I think early on in your career, um, the best thing to do is, you know, use the wide angle lens and look at all kinds of different things. And that's really fun because you get exposed to um, lots of interesting organisms that you may not otherwise have learned about, lots of interesting questions that um, may turn out to be rele relevant to your own research later on. All right. Thanks very much. You're welcome. And to summarize this episode, observe how others ask questions, read and learn broadly, use opportunities like conferences to learn from others, follow Just Questions on iTunes and SoundCloud. And follow your host on Twitter at Ravindra underscore PN.